Okay. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? It's raining. It's pouring. <laughs> it is absolutely pouring, which is very surprising. It is. We yeah. were out this morning and it was raining while it was actually really sunny out. Mm-hmm. Looked around for a rainbow, couldn't find one. Looked for le- leprechauns, couldn't find one. Yeah. Uh, today is my two-year anniversary with Wizard PhD. I started oh. this channel two years ago. <laughs> today being the eighth, December eighth. Yeah, yeah. Back in 2017. Yeah, it's we, been a wild yeah, ride. We after so in December 2017, that was like a little bit after we finished our PhDs for real. <laughs> it was yeah, we were in Tucson. Yeah, but basically finished a semester probably. That yeah. was probably like what well, the spark was, the like finals-ish, mm-hmm. so you were pretty much done besides some grading. Yeah. 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 How, how does it feel? How... I don't know. You're probably going to, I don't know, maybe reflect in a different <laughs> yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, two years is a decent amount of time, I'd say. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's more than decent. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's very exciting. Yeah. And uh, your semester now is almost over. Oh, speaking yes. Of. Very close. The timeline is you know, pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. We're uh, just hanging around here for the holiday season. Mm-hmm. A couple more episodes in this book and then uh, yeah. book synopsis Books. type book, one. Yeah, book synopsis Bigger and one. then book two, probably On starting in two. 2020. Probably, yeah. Maybe maybe the end of... Yeah, we'll see yeah. the schedule. Because you're like on break, so we may... Wait. We may even just record and then not you put break. them out. Yeah, yeah. 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 Good. Anything else going on? Um... No, not really. I don't think. I don't think so either. <laughs> Cruising along. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, are you, Juan's ready then? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. My wand is ready. Juan's ready. I almost burped. Oh. I didn't. <laughs> I did not. Uh, okay, everybody, turn to page 242, The Forbidden Forest. I looked it up this time. Good, I didn't good. Mess up. Today's lesson is called Uncloaked and Exposed. We'll have to have a chat about that because I know you were thinking along different lines. Yes. Uh, A synopsis rather long. The chapter starts with Harry and Hermione despairing over their fate. A furious Professor McGee arrives with Neville, and the three are punished by losing 150 points for Gryffindor and getting detention. The other Gryffindors are indignant, and Harry studies and keeps his head down. One night, he overhears an afraid quirrell muttering to himself, and the trio fear that Snape is closer than ever. As they consider ways to thwart Snape, Harry and Hermione receive notice of their detention. That night, Filch marches them down toward the Forbidden Forest, where they are to meet Hagrid. Hagrid shows them a puddle of unicorn blood and instructs them of their mission to find the injured creature. Harry, Hermione, and Hagrid encounter two enigmatic centaurs before Hagrid runs off to help Malfoy and Neville. Finally, Harry, Malfoy, and Fang find the unicorn dead, and being feasted on by some being. Harry doubles over in pain as the third centaur drives away the danger. Despite the indignancy of his fellow centaurs, Ferenzi allows Harry to ride him safely, uh, ride him to safety, while disclosing his suspicion that the feeding being was none other than Lord Voldemort, biding his time before acquiring the Sorcerer's Stone. After an exhausting adventure, Harry returns to his bed, to find his invisibility cloak waiting for him. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> okay, for people that are connected to my social media, you're going to vote. Is it Forenz or is it Forenzi? How do you say <laughs> this? How do you say this name? Because 
Yeah, I have always said friends. Yeah. Uh, I got to show this card, though, because mm. we got this super cool card. Harry Potter trading card game. Riding the centaur. Not focusing very great, but there it is. Maybe we can put a photo up later. I feel like we got to get the value out of it. It's a shiny one. Oof, yeah, the nice. hollow. Uh, but yeah, so I went with uh, Uncloaked and Exposed. You were thinking yeah. along the lines of war. war. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, so over and over we get the line, Mars is bright tonight, several times. Yeah. Uh, to which Hagrid gets irritated. <laughs> I know, I love that scene. I get it. All right, Mars is bright. Yeah, nice to see you too. <laughs> but Mars was named Mars for the god of war. Yeah. And so that's part of the the idea of, or the, I guess, the um, mm-hmm. symbolism of why would Mars being bright draw the attention of centaurs where it's clearly that they're very distracted by it. It's it's like they're they're kind of like they keep getting gravitated towards the sky, looking up at the sky, even as Hagrid is like trying to tell them, "Hey, there's this situation. Have you seen anything that's unusual?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's unusually bright." And there's kind of this like miscommunication, but even Hagrid acknowledges like with centaurs that they they seem to know things and mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah, so there's this like mystique that's yeah about the, it. the scene with the three centaurs is and harry is rather fascinating mm-hmm. i mean the way that they're talking amongst each other and like the perspective of bane on what it's supposed to be like to be a centaur that they're supposed to kind of rise above it and they're like i forget exactly the quote but he's like we are concerned with like the future basically right i i wondered if Part of it was like, okay, we can read things that other people can't. Like we can read and get information from the skies, from studying the skies. And maybe there's this like loyalty where you're not supposed to try to interfere mm. with what is told to you. I don't yeah. know. Or they care more about like trends than any specific event. So like the mm-hmm. whole Mars and war thing going on. And th- then I think Ferenzi is sort of like, pushing on that pretty severely and being like, well, yes, you know, my favorite quote was, or have the planets not let you in on that secret? I set myself against what is lurking in this forest bane. Yes. With humans alongside me, if I must. Yeah. He's kind of like, well, yeah, it's fine to sort of speak broadly and have these ideas of a war coming, but it's in the forest right now. Mm -hmm. You know what it is. I know what it is. I'm going to do something and you're going to proclaim to be, you know, above it. Yeah, it's very interesting because um, it's not explained at all in this chapter, but the centaurs have this, you get a sense of centaurs, like mm. the way that she writes, it's, it is very mysterious, but also this kind of like, it's this, you know, group, this culture that we haven't, that we know, it's not like the wizard or the wizards where we mm. have been seeing how they interact it's very different it seems very different even her language they're very formal with mm-hmm. hagrid right mm-hmm. how are you mm-hmm. it's like no nobody in the book says that type of thing because that's not how we like yeah, really interact that frequently. she like puts in these like pauses or mm-hmm. it's communicated that it's like slow and that there's the this pause that keeps happening in the duration of the conversation so, of course, because I don't know, this entire book I've been going to Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them because 
there's there's a lot. I mean, we're being introduced material. into the wizarding world, and so there's a lot with Beast that we're being introduced, or that Harry especially is being introduced. Are centaurs to. in there? Centaurs are in here, and there's oh. a lot of history behind it, um, which might connect to our conversation about what we saw in the forest with the three centaurs and mm-hmm. Harry. Um, so centaur history, they are intelligent and capable of speech. So by general definition, they should not be classified as a beast, mm. but they are because they requested to have a beast classification. So this is really, this is in the introduction to wow. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, where there's, um, I actually read it this time instead of skimmed it. <laughs> um, there's a lot about the designation. So it started off with, um, the wizards and the wizards council trying to have this like inter being relations sort of thing of like not just wizards but we have other beings like i don't know so we have trolls we have yeah Mm -hmm. more folk yeah and so trying to make these connections and so then there's this issue of like okay well who is a being and who's a beast so there's this like designation and so initially it was that um beings were anyone who could walk on two legs and then so that was very broad and so then you had like pixies and like it was just chaos at this first meeting Mm. um and so over year over the years it kept getting refined and so at some point it was these two qualifications so being of human intelligence or of that status yeah yeah and uh being capable of speech so being capable of um communicating or even caring about wizarding laws to begin with like you would have to be invested somehow and be able to communicate um and part of it in um in the intro so it says that in in a footnote the centaurs objected uh to some of the creatures with whom they were asked to share being status with such as hags and vampires Mm. and declared that they would manage their own affairs separately from wizards and a year later the mer people made the same request the ministry of magic accepted their demands reluctantly so they are i mean they're they are not classified as beings even though technically they should be um based on the definition but they've requested they've requested not to be that's fascinating yeah well because it's like all this like politics right so like why why is it that's i that's why i was also looking up hags and vampires and just it's just interesting like they're their reasoning is I don't want to be in the same category as right. these other beings. I find it um, impressive and interesting that, you know, if you create this type of uh, characterization of a being, then kind of by virtue of that, you're, you are saying that they should have the right to leave. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting in that way, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like precisely because you've classified them as a being, they should be able to say like, "I don't agree with this," and right. uh, like, "I'm gonna exhibit, I'm gonna like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, express myself in a different way or express who we are mm-hmm. differently." Yeah. Well, also, so in the entry, it does seem like a pretty fair. Uh, I mean, I guess like in some sense, it's like, well, okay, you're just being lumped together by this broad stroke stuff, but to to say like, no, no, these things are not like us. Yeah. Well, Mm. right, that they wanted to, and I don't know, maybe they, so going back to like the conversation, so maybe they just think, or I don't know, maybe they think that wizards just cause too much trouble for their own good, and they're Mm kind of like, all right, we're just going to like live with ourselves, like in the forest, and like deal with our own things, we're we're just going to like 
study the stars. So in the entry, they're well-versed in magical healing, divination, archery, and astronomy. They're also classified, the Ministry of Magic classification is four, um, four out of five. And it says in a note there that it's not because that they're unduly aggressive, but because uh, they should be treated with great respect. And there's also a note, like, along with mer people and unicorns so there's something about because unicorns come up of like mm-hmm. it's atrocious like you should never mm-hmm. commit this um act of violence against a unicorn mm-hmm. and so there it's very interesting because in the history of the wizarding world there's a lot of this like hierarchical organization of um like who has a status who has who gets treated in a certain way who gets respect who is seen as lesser you know, than. it's also kind of fascinating so they requested to be classified as a beast um, is that what you found it just says that they did not want the being status I see. and so that yeah so they're classified as beast by wizards i see mm-hmm. well i was going to say something to the effect of that it's interesting because bane like criticizes uh, Ferenzi like basically by demeaning him and calling him like a mule and a donkey right. I think mm-hmm. and uh, but but it's a similar type of dynamic here where it's like but if centaurs are like have this certain quality about them then they should be able to Ferenzi should be able to make the choice to be like no I'm I'm going to help I'm going to Mm-hmm. I'm okay with this. It's not like an enslavement. I've yeah. invited this person onto my back for a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, I put them there. They didn't put themselves there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I should also note that um, in the history of this classification, mer people were not classified as beings in an earlier iteration, mm. and centaurs were very upset about it because they didn't have they, feet. No, because they oh. sing or they sing. They. Uh, they speak Mermish. Like they don't, they don't. So part of the communication was um, when they were finally designated as beings, they had translators. And so it was like, okay, we will have this communication. It was more about like a willingness to communicate and having the resources to be able to communicate in a similar or shared language. I think in a very future book, we learned that Dumbledore speaks Mermish. Mm. Yeah always impressive Dumbledore yeah maybe he was a translator then Mm -hmm, (laughs) but yeah so the centaurs were very upset in that earlier iteration and like kind of fought against that that um defining of being at the time because well it seems that you know they're like oh mer people should be involved in this and they're not so I don't know it's just very interesting and complicated and yeah the comment about the mule made me wonder about this like tension of like feeling subservient to humans or having that there's 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 a you know history there there's like a legacy and so Mm -hmm. um i wonder what centaurs think about muggles Mm. that would be an interesting thing to know about i don't think it ever really comes up but i could be wrong yeah yeah because there's also stuff in here about um wizards who think that muggles should be labeled as beasts is there yeah Interesting. We'll have to talk about that at some point. Maybe yeah. we'll do a special episode on that particular <laughs> one because I haven't read it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. First of all, all these kids get detention. Mm-hmm. How is it appropriate that it's like your detention will begin at 11 p.m. You're going into the Forbidden Forest to do work with Hagrid. I love how she writes find... Hagrid there. 
Because she writes Hagrid as the like rationalization of this. And he's like, what would be, what would be, because he's, Malfoy's like, I thought we were just going to be doing lines. And he's like, what's the point of that? We might as well put you to doing something like worthwhile <laughs> if you've gotten in trouble, like, right. like almost some kind of, yeah, redemption. And it's kind of, there's some sense to it. I mean, like we, we talk about this in schools all the time of like, how, what is punishment and what is its role and how yeah, should you do it? But the plan seems to be 11 p.m. Bizarre. till dawn. Yeah, really Bill's just like, I'll be back at dawn. It's what do you intense. expect them to go to it's not go intense. to sleep? <laughs> It's super intense, yeah. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. What is yeah. this school? Oh, yeah. It, well, because the other comment was, I think, Ronan, um, when he encounters Harry and Hermione, and Hagrid's like, oh, yeah, these are students. And he's like, oh, do you learn anything at this school? A bit. A bit. Oh, my God, I love that. <laughs> guess that's better than nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Again, I felt like that was supposed to signal some sort of, like, there's this, like, historical tension or something. Sure. There's this history between centaurs and wizards. And we don't sure. know much about it, but there's interesting things to explore there. Definitely. Definitely. So. Theme. My theme? Yeah. Uncloaked and exposed. Uh-huh. Well, I was thinking like the invisibility cloak is conspicuous mm-hmm. in this chapter. I mean, the reason they're in trouble is because they've forgotten it. Mm-hmm. And then the reason, and then at the end, they get it back. Yeah. Harry. And then besides that, like we also have this uncloaking to me of Voldemort, right? Mm-hmm. By Ferenczi, like being like, Harry, Here, you've been thinking a, about yep. this wrong. Yep. You're not seeing the whole picture. Mm-hmm. It's a very centaurish type thing. Mm-hmm. Being like, you, he himself is like, you're not looking at this the right way. Like, who would want this type of thing? Who, okay, like, think about this logically. If something is willing to feast off of a unicorn and slay a unicorn, why would they be willing to do that? Why would they be doing that here? Mm-hmm. What is in, you know, he just steps him right through it. It's pretty yeah. phenomenal. But I think the... um it's also like it's amazing to me. Why does Ferenzi know that the Sorcerer's Stone is in the school? <laughs> it has always stuck out to me. Of like, how does he know that? Like, how does he know that the it's stars up there? told him? Hagrid probably told him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hagrid definitely <laughs> told them. I just Hagrid told that. everyone except for Harry. <laughs> yeah, the, he's got a banner on the back of his hut. Just says, Sorcerer's Stone this way. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So I think like, but also. Harry is feeling exposed and he's also being exposed to like that this is he's an integral part of things and he is the hero of his own story at this point but Mm -hmm. he is also a part of something like very big Mm -hmm. and that needs to be unmasked for him somewhat it's been it's been a very Harry centric book as it should be, but like he's basically learning about himself the whole time. Mm-hmm. He's sort of concerns, but his concerns about the stone are really only because he doesn't like Snape. He's he thinks right. Snape would do something bad with it, but he hasn't really thought about like, well, what if it's neither of these two people? What if something completely different is going on here? But he still thinks that Snape is trying to get it for Voldemort. He does later. Yeah, he thinks that Snape is still involved. Yeah, he does. I don't know. But did he's, he think that before? I no, he thought so. that he Snape, Snape was doing was it for himself. It for but what I'm saying is that now he thinks that Snape is doing it for Voldemort. Yeah. That Snape is still involved because. Well, but it's a, the still last a shift. Chap- the last chapter, you were kind of like, well, all of these teachers, like, why is it still Snape? All of these teachers, all of these whoever are part of guarding this or right. doing this. And I, well, I was mostly playing around, though, with the idea of like. 
her her being jk rowling symbolism with the cloak here yeah starts how could i have forgotten the cloak right don't have the cloak you're exposed to the most danger you've ever been in and then you get the cloak back mm-hmm. and it's kind of interesting because at the same time this was the other thought that i was having though i'm not sure if i've expressed it well or even tried yet is like we are also following voldemort is kind of uncloaked but not quite at by the end of the chapter like and in the to the next chapter where harry's still thinking about it wrong he's still mm-hmm. not quite getting it mm-hmm. what exactly is going on like voldemort's cloak is somewhat pulled back but he pulls it like he doesn't fully expose himself as like who he is and where he is and, yes right so yeah because well we we don't even see it's just this like oh you see this like hooded figure basically you don't see anything right. about but it in this chapter mm-hmm. spoilers we hear Quirrell muttering to himself yes and harry yes. completely misinterprets it he right? he's he... talking about mm-hmm. feasting on the volt on the unicorn mm-hmm. that, that was my take of what Quirrell is muttering to himself well, he's well, talking to voldemort about like i don't want to go back into the forest and kill the unicorn right but voldemort is like no i need to feed again yeah so in that i had to reread that paragraph again because so harry like hears the muttering and then snape i mean sorry um Quirrell comes out and then Harry looks in, there's nobody inside, but he sees like a door ajar. And he, in his mind, is like, I, I would bet 12 sorcerer's stones that uh, Snape like walked out of the room just then. Mm-hmm. Like, you have no evidence, dude. <laughs> but that's kind of like, he, it, he was like picturing this scene of, okay, this is like what's happening. We still have blubbering coral. Oh my gosh, we didn't even talk about Neville. Poor Enough. Neville. Oh, just so sweet. Just trying yeah. to. Because he finally, he has like the whole book. I didn't realize like throughout this whole book, Neville is, you know, he's doing more and more, you know, brave things. And then he like is trying to go after them. And then he gets caught and he's just crying through the night. And also that scene, like it always pulls at me when uh, McGonagall also comes to the wrong conclusion about what's happening and like, oh, you've lied to Neville and Neville's like all hurt. And it's like, yeah, oh poor Neville. I know. <laughs> no, no, like it cost him something to do that. And yeah. He's in trouble. Yeah. And then it always cracks me up too that Hagrid splits them the way that he does. And I'm like, dude, just because they're your friends, like you should probably go with Malfoy. Yeah. <laughs> he probably doesn't want to. Malfoy's a dick. Yeah, M- <laughs> Malfoy. Oh, Malfoy. He po- pulls a prank on Neville. Poor Neville. I think in the movie, is it true that it's just Harry and Malfoy? I think it is. Um. Well, I don't know. We just or maybe not. Scene. Like I, I think you're yeah, right. I think, but Neville's not there. But they like split up differently. I think yeah. Ron's in it. Instead I think Ron of Neville. is also there too because he's not. Yeah, recovering. Ron's in the hospital wing yeah. right now. The old dragon butt. So my favorite quote was, uh, "Good luck, Harry Potter," said Ferenzi. The planets have been read wrongly before now, even by centaurs. I hope this is one of those times. Because mm-hmm. it's interesting because they're um, like later on at the end of the chapter when the three are like debriefing. Um, and Hermione is like noting how like, or quoting McGonagall of like, oh, this sounds like fortune telling, which is like an, uh, imprecise, uh, mm-hmm. branch of magic. And so it's interesting even, well, yeah, just even going back to like the centaur wizard relations. You, is of, the McGonagall stuff is the next chapter, I think. 
know, the end of this chapter, they're talking about, they're debriefing what just happened. And Harry's telling them, like, this is what was told to me. And McGonagall said fortune telling. I don't remember. No, she didn't say that. Hermione is referencing McGonagall. Oh, I see. I see. McGonagall has said this to them before. So about fortune telling. So I don't know. It's just interesting. It is. It's an interesting chapter. Being exposed to. It's kind of remind. It's kind of reminiscent of like when he first goes to Gringotts and he sees the goblins. And I love what J.K. Rowling does here. Like it's, she plays. There's lore in our own world now of like goblins and centaurs, but they're like. They she writes them to be. They are on par with wizards. Like there, there's no clarity. There's no clear like saying like no these beings aren't powerful or something like that or like mm-hmm. you, you should look down on them. The way she writes them is they're different, but there's an ominousness about both of the races of like, mm-hmm. um, the centaurs, like it's, they're very intimidating, mm-hmm. even just like in text form. <laughs> yeah. She describes them and then like they're standoffish. They're like very, they're an enigma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also, I have another quote that's mm. pretty, um, within the context of the larger series and I guess human history. <laughs> Always the innocent are the fir- the first victims, he said. So mm-hmm. it has been for ages past, so it is now. I mean, because it's still going back. We're having this like undertone of we have Mars, it's very bright, war, thinking about what's to come. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that quote a lot too. It's an interesting quote. I kind of was trying to play around with it of like, I don't know, is the it's true, but when does the line get crossed to somebody who's not innocent being involved? I wish I don't know. It's a great, it's an interesting and good quote, and it's it's uh, thought provoking for sure. Mm-hmm. It's like all oh, the innocent are involved, and then what? The non, the guilty come mm-hmm. become involved. Well, I guess maybe the targeted, right? Where, you know, other yeah. people are just well, they choose to be involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have a couple more chapters. Two more chapters. Harry's number one suspect is still Snape. We have two more chapters to find out what happens. Severus. <laughs> uh-huh. Dumbledore giving back the cloak. Just so We don't funny. know that. No, it's his script. Oh, it is his script. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we're supposed way. to interpret it. Yeah. Because it's like it's, she actually handwrites it, and it's the same as the note at Christmas, and it just says like. Yeah, but he, Harry doesn't know who gave it to mm. him. At this point, he just knows that he needs to. He do was some, told uh, to use it forensic wisely. Forensic analysis on the <laughs> handwriting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. So yeah, we'll definitely be done by the end of the year. Very okay, sure. Time's out good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you got anything else? You... Nope. Okay. Until, Until next, next time, time, wands ready.